Wretched Radio begins in three, two, one. Evolution is more than a theory. It is a fundamental scientific principle. You know, there's a scientific term for that. It's called baloney. We are so stupid that we think that just because telephones and computers and cars are intelligently designed, that means we are too. Well, we're not. I don't trust that Richard Dawkins. In the beginning, God created heaven and the earth. Is the only logical explanation, unless you don't want to believe in science and logic. It's time for Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Here we go. It's the Wretched Radio <laughs> mail <laughs> <and> <laughs> delivery bag. I'm sorry, I mean. Infotainment, correspondences, communiques, dispatches, memorandums, and missives. Any special message for all the kids watching at home? What we need right now is a clear message to the people of this country. You have 1,200 messages. That is a bit above average. Now, here's your host, Todd Freakishly Tall Freel. The mail is here! <laughs> no, I'm not Mr. Ed. This is Wretched Radio. What are you doing? Well, I, I've, I've been learning how to vocalize to get warmed up. You do some of those operatic techniques, you know, aren't those ridiculous? Absolutely <laughs> the silliest thing. Hey, Jimmy, as long as you brought up the subject about vocal techniques and warming up like a horse. Guess what happened to me on Wednesday? Uh, there I am on the Dove Network. Once a month, I get to be on the live broadcast from the Dove TV Network in the Pacific Northwest with Perry Atkinson. We're yes. in the middle of live. Did I mention it was live TV? And all of a sudden, for some mysterious reason, I start hearing your dulcet tones through my earbuds. Hey, this is Jimmy Hicks with the... <laughs> Jimmy Hicks. <laughs> I didn't know you were a vocalizer, but I, thanks for the tips. Now I know how to do it, too. I'm a pro. Really grateful. <laughs> did did they hear me on live TV? I have no idea. Uh, oh, <laughs> I didn't know. It was one of those deals where it's like, well, if they hear it, they're going to have to say something because I can't take off my shoe and throw it at the wall to inform you that I can hear you through the earbuds. <laughs> so you talking incessantly the for about 10 minutes. While, while we were on live TV and I'm trying to hear Perry and it's you going. And in Ukraine right now, it was the <laughs> that I couldn't get over. That's what I do when I mess up. Oh, I see. <laughs> so it's, it's not vocal technique. It's no. more like an exasperation. Yeah, it's I'm like, just frustrated with myself. Nuts. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I'll remember that. Please send questions, comments, conundrum snarks to idea at wretched.org. How do you know when you're ready? And what does that do anyway? I don't know. I was so shocked. <laughs> they could have seen you do that on your country station. I'm going to You would have been ridden out of town on a rail. <laughs> no, they let me say Bonnie Ray it, so. That's I mean. true. That is very true. Please send questions, comments, conundrums, snarks. Don't forget about stories, sermons, articles, illustrations, anything that you think is wretched. We want it. And please send questions, comments. I'm buying time for myself. <laughs> Conundrums or snarks to idea at wretched.org. What's this? Q93.5. <laughs> that was Bonnie Ray. It was something to talk about. In... Yep. It's that funny. I'm listening to this. I said on before that with the look. <laughs> you didn't go. No. <laughs> but I probably did that break about 900 times before it was right. <laughs> <laughs> Freel, we didn't ask. Okay, dude, you know how technically illiterate I am. Just running stuff is impossible. So this is back in the day when there's radio trends where they decide these are the types of styles that are currently cool. Hmm. And I was doing some sidekick stuff on the morning top 40 station in Minneapolis. 
and the 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 manager said we want we want to consider you for being an on-air talent so go in there and lay down some stuff because we just want somebody who can talk it was michael jackson's that'll tell you when that was the big hit man in the mirror Ah. i probably tried 50 takes to get it right (laughs) not a one needless to say talk radio was my career path because I don't have the coordination skills to push the buttons and hit the countdown with the beat and the. Oh yeah, it takes. takes if I had, I'm going to beat this horse to death. If I had just been able to back then, maybe I could have nailed it. Please send questions, comments, conundrums, snarks to idea at wretched.org. You know, as long as we brought up radio. Uh huh. May I? I know. Well, actually, some people have asked. So this is kind of a mailbag question. Okay. Sometimes people will, because they're interested in doing something similar, how, how did this all start? And I, I'll tell you, it's it's merely anecdotal because there is no textbook for for doing Christian ministry or radio or anything, frankly. Now, there's stuff that you can learn, but because you're different than the people that you're talking to, your circumstances, et cetera, it's just, there's just not like this clear path to doing a podcast or a TV program. But sometimes people will ask, and how how did this start? And it started because I was, this was the weirdest thing. I thought, okay, I think I'm going to give radio a go. I got saved, and I thought, I'm going to, I'll just, maybe radio kind of fill in the time. So I went to the Rush Limbaugh, Sean Hannity station. They let me into the program director's office. I don't know why. And I pitched him the idea, and before I could finish, he said, can you start tonight? <laughs> Um, yeah, absolutely. I can start tonight. Didn't know anything. The guy who was the evening host, brilliant talent, had had a nervous breakdown and they needed somebody to fill. There I was. So cut to a couple weeks later, the guy invites me into his office. I'm sitting again on the black leather couch. I remember it because I stared at it a lot while he was talking and he said, all right, what's the deal? What's the deal? I can tell when you're on air, you're holding back something. What is it? And rather sheepishly, I said, well, how would you feel? on your political talk station about one of your hosts talking about, you know, like uh, spiritual things and and such. (laughs) (laughs) And he said, oh, okay. Look, you know, whatever you're into, that's fine. You can use that to inform your opinions, but you don't want to be, and here it comes, but you don't want to be a Bible thumper. Oh, yeah, yeah. And the light bulb went off in my head and I said, thank you, sir. It has been a real privilege. That's exactly what I want to be. And I (laughs) drove across town to to (laughs) KTIS. They made the big mistake of hiring me. They rectified that when they fired me. But the point is, that's 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 there's no clear path to it. And wow, was that helpful? I, I can't talk about I just I can't. Believe me, I'm not the spiritual high mark here. I can't talk about politics without thinking about God. I just, I can't do it. So here we are. And you're sending emails to idea at wretched.org. Jimmy, do you think we should actually get to it? I think so. Any any radio tales you'd like to tell? Uh, I've got plenty. But oh, I'm sure you do. <laughs> let's get to the questions <laughs> from Cameron, who lives in Alberta, Canada. Uh, and he says, Todd, restrictions on the size gatherings, including worship services, were lifted by the government several weeks ago. Yay. And our church had been split into two very small services in response to the requirement. And I expected that we would resume normal single service Sunday worship routines almost immediately. 
but we have not. And most of our people are disappointed by this. And my question is, how do I respectively raise this concern with my elder board, knowing that there are considerations that I don't know about? Yeah. Did I ever tell you about how I got the job at KTIS? I'm kidding. (laughs) I think you actually, you wisely just answered your own question. Just talk to them respectfully. Honor them, thank them, encourage them, and say, could you help me understand why we are doing more than what the government is mandating and separating the body? Because we used to be all together. Are we planning on going to two services? Is is there something that I, I don't know? Because it seems we should be going back to that. Just do it honorably and see what they have to say. That is true with virtually every issue, every question you have about your church. Sit on it for a week. And if it's still, you know, I really think that this is important, then just set up an appointment and meet with them and be respectful the way that we are called to be respectful when it comes to rebuking an elder. Paul told Timothy, you got to do it with respect as if you're talking to a father. And if you do that, you'll probably get it worked out. I don't understand. There's been a lot of stuff that's lifted, and there are just some organizations that choose to keep doing it. It's uh, not my favorite thing, frankly, but you just got to ask your church why it is that they are doing it. And please send a questions, comments, conundrum, snarks to idea at wretched.org. From Jack, he says, uh, a man contacted me on social media claiming to be a Christian and asking for money. He's from Gambia. When I responded, another Gambian account did something similar. Am I being scammed? Because I don't really want to not help those who are in Christ and, yeah. po- and poor, but I also know internet costs $5 per gigabyte, and that could buy them some food. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, we get those a lot here, actually. And I think it's a mistake to grow callous and cold to those requests, even if they're scamming. It's like clearly somebody's hurting and they're in need. I think wisdom says that's not the way to help. I think wisdom says you don't know, you can't verify, you can't take a look at how they're using the money, you don't know if it's going in their arm, up their nose, or into their belly. You just, you, you, you don't know. And I think, therefore, it would be unwise to give money to somebody that could be used poorly because you are charged to steward the money that God is currently loaning to you. I would encourage you, if you want to help the folks in Africa, Well, for instance, right now, Tomorrow Clubs are starting up hundreds of clubs in Africa. Support a ministry, tomorrowclubs.org slash wretched. Support a ministry that does what it is, digging a well, providing food, whatever it is. And make sure that you look and see how they're spending their money. What are their percentages? Are they an accredited ministry by a Christian watchdog? We're, We're a part of that. Because you want to make sure that you are spending your money wisely and well. So have compassion. Don't ever lose your tender heart. But wisdom, I think, says there's better means of helping people. This is Wretched Radio. You've heard us talking about it for well 
over a year now. Get ready, because we are finally less than a month away from the debut of Transform. It's our latest TV offering, which will be like nothing else seen on Christian TV. With Transform, you will be a fly on the wall as you witness real biblical counseling sessions tackling issues like anxiety, OCD, depression, phobias, and trauma. You're not going to see secular counseling sessions offering band-aids like medication or years of weekly visits, but you will see a biblical counselor providing biblical solutions that will help solve a person's issues with the Bible. Because biblical counseling is the only counseling that can provide real hope and help a person go from brokenness to wholeness. Hosted by Dr. Greg Gifford, professor of biblical counseling at the Masters University, and Dale Johnson, the executive director of the Association of Certified Biblical Counselors. Transformed, unlike anything that's ever been produced. And it's coming April 1st. Let's visit a preborn life center in action. Look at that baby. Abortion pill reversal actually works. That's a beating heart. Look how strong it is. Tell me, that doesn't encourage you to consider supporting preborn.org slash wretched $28 purchases a free ultrasound for a mommy who will choose life. It is indeed about saving babies' lives via $28 ultrasounds, but it is also sharing the gospel so that moms and dads get saved. Would you please consider supporting preborn centers with as many free ultrasounds as you can? $28 for an ultrasound, 80% of the time saves a life. Learn more at preborn.org slash wretched. Hey, thanks for listening to Wretched Radio today. So what do you get when you mix a group of Gen Z college students and a group of biblical experts together with 2,000-year-old questions? Well, of course, you get Road Trip to Truth. John Favares has hit the road on a quest to find answers to life's biggest questions like environmentalism, social Darwinism, the deadly impact of pornography, and the dangers of agnosticism. Those are just a few of the topics covered in Season 2 of Road Trip to Truth, which is available now at roadtriptotruth.org. Season 1 is also available along with study guides for each season and a homeschool curriculum. Road Trip to Truth helps your children better understand questions from the world from a biblical perspective and it will help you learn how to witness more effectively to this generation. So grab your copy of Season 1 and 2 of Road Trip to Truth at roadtriptotruth.org. Wretched, amazing grace, amazing gospel. Books of the Bible Deuteronomy means second law. As the Israelites prepared to enter the promised land after wandering 40 years, God reminds them of how he rescued them from Egypt, what he commands in his law, and the blessings and curses that come with keeping or breaking his law. God is faithful to provide the inheritance he has promised to his children. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Welcome back to Wretched Radio. Hot new album. It's the Michael Jackson singing about me. Oh, I missed it again. Nuts! This is Wretched Radio. Zero marketable skills. Please send your questions, comments, conundrums, snarks to idea at wretched.org. All right. We start with Melissa. Who says, uh, Todd, I have a... Oh, sorry about that. 
<laughs> I'm really bad at this. <laughs> yes, you are. <laughs> uh, Melissa has a sister-in-law who has embraced the lesbian life. She professes to be a Christian, but has chosen to embrace her sin instead of follow Christ. All eight of her siblings, except for my husband, encourage and give hearty approval to her choices. Mm-hmm. And last weekend, she proposed to her girlfriend. How do we go about our relationship with her when we have five young kids who love her but don't know anything about her lifestyle? Yep, yep, yep. This and a thousand similar scenarios with relatives that wander away. This is always my encouragement because I think your concern is you don't want to stop the relationship, right? You don't want to cut them off. It's your sister. Yes, she's any Christian who's not born again. They're living a sinful lifestyle. So this one is is one that is louder. And you've got concerns about not just keeping the relationship, but what about the influence on the children? Because you have a responsibility to them. I think that there's a way that you could potentially have a solution that accomplishes all of your goals. Here's how I think it's preferential to handle this situation. This is my two cents. You call up the sister. Hey, I want to take you out to lunch. Got something I want to talk to you about. What? Not going to tell you, but I'm going to buy you lunch. Where do you want to go? You get to the restaurant. Be cool. Be loving because it's your sister and then have the meal. And she's going to be begging. So what is it that you want to talk to me about? She might have her guard up or not. So try to be as loving as you possibly can. And then say, sis, I wanted to meet with you because I I don't want to lose you. I want a relationship with you. And I want to stay in that, that relationship with you because I love you. And wouldn't it be a tragedy if, if we couldn't get along and enjoy one another's company? So with that, the, the challenge that I have is my children. They're young. And I don't want to be, you know this, because you grew up with me in this Christian household. I, I don't want my kids um, thinking that what you're doing is correct. Nor do I want you to think that my loving attitude toward you is an endorsement of your behavior. Because you know it's not. You know that I disagree with that. You know that I believe that you need to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and be saved, forgiven for all of your sins. You you know that. And you know that I don't want my kids to be influenced by this. So, so could we, could we agree to this? Let's stay in relationship. Two rules: you can't talk about this with the kids. You just and if they ask something, you defer it to me. That would that would be really important to me. And second of all, I'm going to ask, and this is your call if you choose to do this. Um, as far as bringing over what you believe to be your new spouse, uh. That's going to be really hard, but if you're going to do it, there can't be any PDAs. There can't be hand-holding or any kissing, no signs of affection, because I've got a responsibility to my kids. You cool with that? Cool. Pass the mustard. That's what I would go for. That way you stay in relationship. You've told her the gospel You've told her that you're not affirming her lifestyle, and you've encouraged her to not talk about this with the kids. And if she agrees with that, then I say give it a go. Breaks the rules. You take it from there. But at least you've got everything out on the table. And if I could, if your situation isn't similar to that, there is nevertheless a principle here that I think is helpful. Because I've, I've thought through many scenarios like this. 
you've got a you've got a brother or a sister who doesn't believe the God. They're just not born again. And then they, they just don't want to hear it. And you're like, yeah, I want to keep evangelizing, but he's getting annoyed. And if she keeps thinking like that, then I'm not going to take him to lunch, love on him. Let him just say, you know what? I want to share this with you. I know it's something that you know, but I just, for my sake, I want you to know it. I love you. We're going to stay in a relationship. You're not a Christian, but I want you to be one. I'm going to explain to you how to become one. And then I, I won't keep I won't keep shoving this at you, but I just need to know that you know that you need Jesus Christ. Pass the mustard. Please send emails to idea at wretched.org. Jimmy, would you add anything to that? Um no, I don't I don't think so. It's I mean, I think the reconciliation or at least trying to uh to get on the same page is obviously the first step. Uh I don't think you start at, you know, step number the end step of excommunicating your family no, member at the very I, beginning. I, I, the only way that I would see doing that, it wouldn't be because they're not a believer. That's church discipline, not family discipline. You're still in that relationship till you die. So I, I agree, but it would, you could, could curtail the relationship or at least put it on a timeout if they keep breaking the rules. Right. Then you would say, look, I'm you know, remember when we had lunch and I asked you to pass the mustard? Well, you haven't been doing that. And I've asked you now seven times since then. And this is the last time I have to ask you, please don't do that. Because if you do, then we're going to have to stop. And I don't want that. Yeah, it could, it could come to that. But I wouldn't. It's not a church discipline issue. This is funky for some people because a parent sometimes has a child who gets disciplined. Uh-oh. So the 17-year-old who made some profession of faith got baptized. They're a member of the local church. And the, the elders have decided we need to rescue this straying sheep and, if necessary, set them out lovingly to let them know this is so urgent. We are turning you over. You are on your way to hell unless you come back to Jesus and you come back to the vault. You need to repent. So now you're wondering, as a parent, do I need to shun my child? And I, I, I don't think so. I don't think you do because that's church discipline. It doesn't, there's nothing about church discipline that breaks your familial relationship. Now, it might be a little funky regarding church issues. I get that. But especially with a child who is in your care still, you, you can't toss them out on their ear. I don't think that was the intention of church discipline. Please send emails to idea at wretched.org. All right, this one from Sabrina, Mr., Mr., Mr. Friel. Why do some churches not partake in the Lord's Supper every week or at all? Yeah. Why? Tell me why. Because it sure seems clear to me. Do this as often as you eat it in remembrance of me. And we see a pattern. Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter, yeah. Acts chapter 2. About 42, 43, 44. They describe what would happen. They were getting together. They were doing the Lord's Supper regular. When they got together, it's like, we got to remember this. It's kind of a bummer that we treat it like an optional thing. God is amazingly kind to us. Just think about the ways that you learn. What has God given to you to learn? Your senses. So you regularly learn by hearing things through your ears, reading things through your eyes, but don't you learn through smelling? Hey, is this milk any good? Ah, why'd you ask me to do that? Well, I just wanted to make sure. But you, it smells terrible. You learn something. 
But you also learn from eating. You learn what something tastes like. You learn the texture of it. So you, there's things that you can learn by using your senses. God is so kind. He allows us to read with our eyes his divine revelation. He allows us to hear with our ears preaching of the gospel. I got nothing for smelling, but tactily eating and drinking the bread and the wine or the bread and the juice It's a way for us to just learn in a different way to tactily experience and remember Jesus died for my sins. That's the point of the Lord's table. And it's God's gracious way of really pumping us up. It's a means of growth. It's identified in Acts 2, 42, 43, 44 neighborhood. It it grows you, not because it does something supernatural. There is nothing efficacious about the elements. It doesn't forgive sins. It is merely a tactile reminder that your sins have been forgiven, and it is a powerful teaching tool that causes us to go, yes, this is great. So my question is, even if you disagree with the the mandated weekly celebration of the Lord's table, why wouldn't we want to do it? Why Why wouldn't we do that? We don't skip other elements. It's not like some Sunday we say, you know, there's just not going to be a sermon this week because it doesn't say you have to preach a sermon every Sunday. Okay. Now, I know there are some mega churches that do that, <laughs> especially Super Bowl season, but you would find that strange. And that's what I find communion. Now, I also know, and every church needs to examine their own heart on this issue, it takes a while, it extends the service. Or the pastor has the option to shorten the sermon or the worship leader cuts out a hymn or two. If you want to honor that time or you've got multi-services going on, search your heart on that. Because I think we should be viewing communion not as sort of this monthly chore that we have to do that's going to make me late for the Cracker Barrel. But this is something that is going to feed me. Not like Cracker Barrel. It'll feed you spiritually. This is Wretched Radio. This is Wretched Radio. I'm Jimmy Hicks. In January, the Biden administration announced 6.6 million American taxpayer dollars would be going to baby murder farms around the country. But now, some two months later, Senator Marco Rubio is hitting back with a resolution to overturn the president's decision, saying that the Biden administration is assaulting the most sacred and fundamental human right, the right to life. They certainly are, and I'm afraid they're going to continue attempting to murder as many babies as they possibly can unless SCOTUS overturns this evil practice later this summer. Senator Josh Hawley of Missouri is speaking out and sending warnings against the president's Supreme Court nominee, Ketanji Brown-Jackson. Senator Hawley highlighted Jackson's record of being very pro-abortion, but also her, quote, alarming pattern of letting child pornography offenders off the hook. So she's very pro-baby murder and anti-punishment for child sex offenders. I'd say she has some major red flags surrounding her. More troubling legislation from Britain, where the United Kingdom's upper house passed an amendment to the health and care bill to make at-home chemical abortion permanent. All that would be required is a telehealth visit, and then boom, baby murder, free and clear at home. I guess Britain just wants their residents to be in on the DIY trend. 
Well, Disney sure has been in the headlines a lot the last couple of weeks. Now there are reports of newly added Marvel TV series, six to be exact, that are rated TVMA for mature audiences being added to the family-branded Disney Plus streaming service. Well, that's definitely counter to how most parents perceive Disney+, Plus, but Disney seems to be doing a lot of things like that these days. This is just another example of their desire to corrupt the minds of children. And speaking of things parents should be aware of, one of the most prestigious pediatric hospitals in the country, Doran Becker Children's Hospital in Portland, is doing something really, really strange. The hospital reportedly has created a guide that they're handing out to children on how to tape their genitals so they can be more effective at being transgender. And to add to the disgust, the guide that they're giving to children has a reference for an adult toy store that sells gender-affirming clothing, videos, and sex toys. Oh, and they do point out that this store is for those 18 and older, but if you call the store, they do make before and after hours appointments for younger shoppers. Is this not criminal? Because it really should be. Retired quarterback and future NFL Hall of Famer Ben Roethlisberger has announced that he will be building a father-son retreat centered around discipleship and helping fathers and their sons grow in Christ. Roethlisberger said, quote, Society is better when children have fathers that they have deep spiritual connections with. Amen to that. More Wretched Radio is straight ahead. I'm Jimmy Hicks. The fruit of the Spirit is evidence that God is working in us. Every believer will evidence this fruit. But it is important to remember that bearing fruit is a consequence of salvation, not a requirement for salvation. God is working in us and through us, and He is a source of this fruit, not us. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Don't you hate it when people look into their phones to share a text with you? I think that's so annoying. This is Wretched Radio. Hey, look at this text I just received. My buddy David Grantham, he does open-air preaching in the University of New Orleans. And he just sent out a text asking for prayer. About to enter Romans 1 world. He is so faithful. He goes out on the soapbox, and there's a standard group of people that gather, usually wearing rainbow colors, that mock him and heckle him and tease him. They even create, he's so faithful in open air preaching, they created David Bingo. And each one of the little boxes, instead of it being a number, like you would play at the VFW, it was the things that he said. So they they had some of his mannerisms. They listened to the guy that much because he keeps coming week after week after week. I'm telling you, I would not be surprised if one of those rainbow flag wearing people doesn't get saved. They're going out there to heckle. But usually when you throw a rock into a pack of dogs, the one that yelps is the one that got hit. So if you're doing open air preacher and you got somebody who's hot after you, the Lord very well might be working on them. Pray for David and every open-air preacher who still goes out and does it. And, and, and incidentally, I was thinking about the statistics that we've been seeing of the bent of Gen Z, 1997 to 2012 are their years. And they want purpose. They want a transcendent life. They don't want it to be just frittered away. They, they don't care so much about lifestyle as much as living a meaningful life. 
And when I was pondering that, and I think it's accurate because I've, I've probably seen four, maybe five different articles that identify the bent of this current generation. I think we've shared some of that on radio. I think we, we just did some of it on TV too. But I was thinking about, okay, so let's just say, always need to be careful with this. There are many, many benefits to the gospel. Does the gospel give purpose? <laughs> yeah. Suddenly everything you do is for God. That's purposeful. But is purpose the gospel? No. And so you can't go to a student and say, hey, I understand your generation is looking for purpose. Is that you? Then come to Jesus because he'll give you purpose. Eh, not the way to do it. But that doesn't mean that we can't demonstrate how magnificent Jesus is by informing somebody that they can have purpose. There was another part of the statistic that kind of goes hand in hand with this. Believe it or not, they want to serve. They want to work. They want a chore. They want to do something. They just want it to be important. Can you think of any more important work for any of us than in the context of the local church? You, if you would go out to a university campus, your church is close enough to a university campus Oh, wow, what you could be saying to these kids. You can be having conversations with them and talk about the longings of their heart. Not that Jesus is the longing heart satisfier. He is, but that's not the gospel. You don't want to use the fruit as a draw card. You don't want them seeking the gifts. You want them after the giver, but you can point to the gifts and say, this is how amazing Jesus is. He offers you all these things. And if you would repent and put your trust in Jesus, you're going to be in the family of God. And that means, wow, brother, you and I are in deep together. And I'd love it if you'd come to my church. We'll do a, a meal afterwards. And you're going to meet a lot of people who are going to love you and serve you and desire to help you. And you can, too. Oh, your skills could be put to work in the local church. And you can actually be doing things that expand the kingdom, not of this world, the kingdom of God. Oh, I'd wish you'd, you'd get saved and come to my local church. Mm. We have so dem we have made such a dog's breakfast out of church for the youth. Seriously, how many more decades of scientific statistics do we need to say the whole seeker-sensitive gizmo with youth has been a disaster? The statistics range from 60 to 80% of kids are backsliders. 60 to 80%. We're in youth group. Say bye-bye. We're done with pizza. Thanks. It was good, but I can get pizza at Domino's. They even deliver now to my house. And these professors, they're, they're, they're pretty thoughtful, and they're not silly, and they don't wear torn jeans, and they seem to have their act together. So, yeah, bye-bye, Christianity, at 60 to 80%. Can we now just go, it was a bust. We really need to just stop doing this, because what did we do? We turned church into Coolville, and it's flopped massively. The culture is based on the the influence of the dominant cult, which happens to be the Christian church. Look at our culture that tells you the state of the church. We've turned it into hip and happening and made it fun and happy slappy, and we'll make sure that we get a better sound system so you can really feel the bass when we play Smoke on the Water as our opening hymn. It's a bust, and it's such a low view of church. And guess what? To our detriment, we have made it a silly center because the kids, and I think adults too, they want something more important. I don't want to go to a Madonna knockoff concert on Sunday morning. I don't need the big 80s in my life. There's a state, there's a podcast for that. 
Sirius Satellite can give me that with the original VJs. Why They don't need it. They want something more. We need to stop degrading the local church, either with our words or how we do church. We got to stop, change it, and start pumping up the jam on the local church. Please send emails to idea at wretched.org. I would love to see a study of children kids who grew up in a solid biblical church that actually walk away when they get older. They they do. It happens, but I don't think the numbers are near what right. they are. Right. Because the kids have been confronted with too much truth for too long and they know it. And I would suspect that a lot of those kids they they kind of wander a little bit. They're, they they check out life a little bit. They don't have their parents around and they can stay up till three in the morning if they want to. They tend to come back Besides, it's it's our job to do that, whether it works or not. Frankly, if the statistics were flip-flopped, you know, Silly Center has better results. I'd say, mm-mm, doesn't matter. You can't use the end to justify the means. You can't do Silly Center Church. God wants it serious. Please go read the Pentateuch. Go read God's laws for worship. See how specific and precise he demands our worship to be lofty and high. Yes, joyful, but somber. We're dealing with God. Church should be a more earnest place than what so many have become. And I'm telling you, this is why a lot of kids, I think, run to Roman Catholicism and to Eastern Orthodoxy. It's got all the incense and the bells. And it just, it's like they're, they seem to be a little bit more serious about this. You mean they don't even get married and have kids? That's pretty serious. Pastor Hipster. It, he was he was always shopping at the Jimmy. Where's the hip place for pastors to shop? Did you know if you go to the Google machine, put in youth pastor, and then hit the images? Guess what? They all look the same. They not only do they all look the same. There's people who market to youth pastors oh. so that you can dress like a cool youth pastor. I don't think the kids want it. I think they want mature. They want transcendent. They want serious. They want adult. They want it purposeful. They want it to last. They they want those things. Let's start talking positively about the local church. And please send emails to idea at wretched.org. Jimmy, I wish you'd quit interrupting. I'm sorry. Uh, this one uh, is from Brian. Todd, how should I think biblically about a church that I'm attending where someone in the volunteer leadership position within the church is employed full time within, within the cannabis industry? Mm. Hmm. How's about that? (laughs) Without getting into the weeds of the distinction between alcohol and marijuana, my opinion about marijuana is it is specifically forbidden. No marijuana, no pharmacia. Avoid these things. Yes, it was a component of witchcraft, but it was drugs that was used in the witchcraft ceremonies to get in touch with the netherworld. And Paul says, Ixnay on the pharmakia, on the pot, on the drugs, mind altering. We are to be sober minded on the alert. What does pot do? (laughs) The exact opposite. Now, I recognize the consideration is a bit more nuanced in that there are some people who can indeed benefit from medical marijuana. But I would suggest If somebody needs it for a medicinal purpose, it needs to go through a doctor 
who can prescribe it, monitor you, make sure addiction issues. They can even take out the stuff that makes you wacky and just keep the component that helps you with whatever your struggle is. To be going to some dude in flip-flops on on 4th Avenue by the beach, uh, no. So now what about working there? I think we have to be honest and recognize that somebody can work as a clerk in a store. You work at Target, you're going to be scanning stuff that some people are going to use nefariously. The problem with pot is that's predominantly its usage. To just get people muddled and stoned and unproductive. Escapism. I, I just don't see being a Christian and, and, and facilitating that that directly. If somebody takes, they, they buy a, a, a hammer from your hardware store and they use it to break a window, that's not on you. Pot, mm. all it does is break windows is what I'm trying to say. So I think that I would approach them, sit down with them lovingly, respectfully, as always, and express your biblical concern. This is Wretched Radio. There are brothers and sisters in Ukraine who could use your help right now. Max, the Tomorrow Club's leader in Ukraine, visited us on the telephone to share the need that many believers in eastern Ukraine currently have. Our focus was children evangelism. And right now, we have to walk away from that and really serve those families who had to escape. Our Tomorrow Club leaders in the West trying to meet the needs of those families. It's a good opportunity to show Christ to them in this time of trial. Pretty unlikely that you can visit Ukraine to help those brothers and sisters, but there are hands and feet on the ground, the Tomorrow Club leaders helping out brothers and sisters in need in Ukraine. To learn more about how you can help and support the Tomorrow Clubs, who we hope will quickly return to children evangelism, learn more at tomorrowclubs.org slash wretched, tomorrowclubs.org slash wretched. How would you like to be considered the second smartest person on the planet behind this guy? It was, a, it was, a, it was, it was. Okay, maybe that was a bad example. But what I'm trying to say is becoming an ongoing monthly gospel partner is one of the wisest decisions you'll ever make. Gospel Partners Media is a 501c3 nonprofit, meaning all financial gifts are tax deductible. But other than that, why should you consider becoming an ongoing monthly gospel partner? Simple, because it's your gifts that help us create compelling gospel-centered content that reach millions of people all over the world. And we're members in good standing with the ECFA, the financial accountability folks who audit our books yearly to keep us transparent and accountable to our gospel partners. And 83% of every dollar you give goes directly to ministry. So would you prayerfully consider partnering with us at Gospel Partners Media? Just visit wretched.org slash donate to get complete details. We think it's one of the wisest investments you can make. Wretched.org slash donate. Confession, normally numbers aren't my favorite subject, but these numbers make me happy. MediShare is affordable biblical health sharing with twice the satisfaction rate of MediShare members versus traditional health insurance plans. The average family saves $500 per month. Over $3 billion worth of medical bills have been shared among MediShare members, which, by the way, MediShare has been around for a quarter of a century. Don't forget, telehealth is available at MediShare, and it will take you two minutes to receive a quote to see what you and your family could be saving every single month with MediShare. 
affordable biblical health sharing. Please spend a very worthwhile two minutes at 844-34-BIBLE, 844-34-BIBLE. Titles of Christ In the Bible, Jesus is given many titles that teach us about who He is and what He has done. Jesus is called a fragrant offering. In the Old Testament, God required burnt offerings of meat and incense as a pleasing aroma. These sacrifices foreshadowed Jesus, the perfect offering that takes away the sins of the world. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Oh boy. This is Wretched Radio. Don't you hate it when people, instead of playing beep talk, they tell you the text they just received? That's so ridiculous. So I just got a text from a buddy who's a pastor in North Dakota. You might find this interesting. This this could be your dinner conversation. You can debate this. Here's what he wrote. He he's he's trying to provide some books on ecclesiology for me to read. There are two books that are very helpful in understanding ecclesiology. In my humble opinion, because I'm Dutch and we always have an opinion and I'm always very humble, like the 16th century, the Reformation isn't solely about the authority of Scripture and justification. There were many issues at stake in the Reformation. I think the biggie was indeed justification. Yes, authority. By the way, incidentally, transubstantiation was the really big issue. That was hotly contested and at the center of most of the debates. Just the same, my Dutch buddy says, But for both Luther and Calvin, any hope for recovering the gospel required, what do you think? All right, so we're not going to focus in this church on the gospel first. Instead, we're going to focus on this. Jimmy, what do you think it is? I think it's going to be a surprise to you. Uh, I I wouldn't have guessed it. I'd, 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 I'd be doing the same thing you're doing right now. I, uh, uh, um, fog machines. <laughs> well, I'm close, actually. Worship. Hmm. They said we got to recover worship first before we can even get into these other things. We've got to make sure that we are doing this in God's manner and form. He regulates the worship. We don't. And there was a strong sense. We got to take care. That is just as important as the other stuff that we esteem to be important. You can discuss that at dinner. A little little Tish Raiden, Luther style for you. Please send email. Oh, no, it's my turn. I got to do that. Okay, here we go. I told you I'm no good at this stuff. one 282 This is Robert Mary McChain. I heard your program the other day when you quoted me. Stop. Stop. Okay, I'll admit it's a better impersonation than mine of Robert Murray McShane. But, dude, this one is so exaggerated. <laughs> You're killing me. This is Robert Murray McShane. I heard your program the other day when you quoted me and you said it was mentioned. I'm not sure you've got that accent exactly right, but who am I to judge? I'm the one who said, for every look you take at yourself, take ten looks at Christ. Okay, 
I think he slipped into Ringo Starr at the very end. I'm not sure. For every look at yourself, take 10 looks at Christ. Whoever said it, it's very helpful, especially if you struggle with the subject of assurance. Am I saved? I, I did this sin. I had this stupid thought about God. Does that mean I'm not saved? No, it means you had a stupid thought about God. It means you sinned. You need to confess your sins. Be cleansed of your sins too, if you will. Have your feet washed because you have been thoroughly bathed. But you just keep the slate clear with God, if you will. That's not perfect theology, but it's representative of the need to continually be repenting for the sins you commit. And that, by the way, should give you encouragement. I hate that I sin. I want to tell God I'm sorry. Then tell God you're sorry. And instead of constantly studying self, I didn't say never study self, but instead of constantly studying self, study Jesus more. Because as you do that, you're going to have more and more confidence in him. Remember, your salvation lies outside of you. Shouldn't you be studying the one that has secured it for you? It is embodied in the Lord Jesus Christ. It is his work. It is his character. It is his mercy and grace. Look to him. Look to him. You, 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 want, you want to know you're saved? Look to the one who says, I have done it. You come unto me. I will not cast you out. And even as you stumble, even as you fall down, I'm going to pick you up. I keep you cleansed perpetually. And I love you. Take more looks at him and your assurance. I promise you, it will simply go up. Please send. Oh, it's this. So on the day that I actually get fired from here, Jimmy. <laughs> we'll stop. Uh, do you think that I should go looking at the uh, like the, the, the morning show program where we do wacky shenanigans and play contemporary music you're gonna have to have a producer one eight seven seven two eight two i was just listening to the uh wretched radio where you were talking about why young men aren't dating and marrying and as a 22 year old man i thought i could kind of give my opinion very on interesting this subject. um personally something that i've struggled with is finding people of the faith i've grown up in a very small town in iowa and now i'm in a slightly bigger town in iowa and there are no young women in the church and the ones that you do meet have really weird progressive views yeah i feel that yeah. And, and, and I, not to be like gender specific or anything, but women say the same thing about men, which illustrates a really big problem in the evangelical church. Our, our silly centers have not been producing godly people serious about marriage. I, I, not only do I believe that we need to be pumping up the church, how wonderful it is being a little bit more serious about it than we mostly are these days. We need to be doing that for marriage. It'd be, you got to start talking about marriage positively. It's good. It's sweet. And if you can't say that, then I would simply encourage you, get it to that place so that you can tell others, don't dilly-dally. As fast as you are able to get married, and there are some qualifications, there are hurdles, I think, that every young man and young woman need to jump over. Have all of those things lined up and then get to it, man. Sir, the only thing I can say to you is, well, I guess it's one hyphenated word. E harmony. You gotta you gotta cast a broader net. I don't care if you're in a major city. Here's the reality. Let you're in Atlanta, what are there, six million people here, something four, six, whatever. A lot of people here. But what is your life? You're you're twenty-two. Where do you go? Well, you go to church, but your church is small because you go to a Bible teaching church. You go to 
work, and you work mostly with unbelievers, you go to the grocery store, you really don't have conversations there unless you smash your cart into somebody's. Then you can start a conversation and say, hey, I'm sorry I bumped into your cart. Are you willing to forgive me 70 times 7? And if they know what you're talking about, you've got a lead. Otherwise, I think that you're you're just not being exposed to enough. And I don't think it is a sin to you, whether it's eHarmony, Christian Mingo, you figure out which one is best for you. I don't think that that's wrong. I don't think that's any more wrong than Jacob. What he he had to travel to go find the wife. Now I know it's not perfectly analogous, but he didn't stay in his territory. It's okay for you to go looking, and I think an efficient, broad net way to do that is by utilizing these dating services because some of them are really good. They're really quite serious about it. They're thorough on it. Could you get some people who are deceptive? Yeah, but I don't think that you're going to have people pretending to be Bible thumpers because that doesn't attract as many people. Utilize the means that God allows us to use to find yourself a godly woman. And dude, I'm sorry. I feel your pain. I see it all the time. Talk to any pastor, especially a youth pastor in any church. And they will lament the very same thing. One eight seven seven. Here we go. Two eight two. Church time. Get your asses in here. I'm trusting. It was a Roman Catholic church. The old ash routine on the forehead on Ash Wednesday. And a double entendre. Did see what we did right there, lady? Sunshine just love everyone. I'll sort them out later. God. Oh, that it that it's a oh. I want to hear that again. Sunshine just love everyone. I'll sort them out later. God. I don't even know what that means. I'll be honest with you. I have no idea what. When, 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 when's the point of that? Somebody could have gotten a cold putting that stupid sign up. Why don't we love these people? Church sign, you are not loved because you're perfect. You are perfect because you're loved with a rainbow flag underneath. Okay, well, <laughs> let's forget the rainbow for a moment. <laughs> Ay, ay, ay. Uh, you are you're not perfect. You're not loved because you're perfect. You're perfect because you're loved. Okay. Um, I guess you could make the case that that's theologically sound because of the atoning work of Jesus Christ. He loves you. You're in Christ. Okay. You could you could you could probably get there, but it's dangerous. I'm an unbeliever and I'm driving by. Oh, God thinks I'm perfect because he loves me or something like that. Vroom, off to the sin factory I go. It doesn't now. It's not. Bumper sticker philosophy, theology on church signs, it can be dangerous. We need to be thinking a little bit more level-headedly about the messages that we're sending. Now, with the indication of what type of church that is, I don't expect that consideration, but the rest of us should. What's the point of a church sign? Who are we trying to reach? What are we trying to say? And could it be confused if we don't say it rightly? And until tomorrow, Robert Murray McShane, go serve your king. <laughs> <laughs>